Apparently, my Advent homily last week caused more commotion than my politics homily two weeks ago. This is not what I expected. And since I clearly haven't figured you people out yet, I figure I'm just going to preach about death this morning and see what happens. No, but I am. It's going to be great. At some point during my first year of priesthood, I realized that I was afraid of dying. Maybe it was because I had been visiting a lot of sick people in the hospital, or had sat with a man during his last hours, or because in a religion built around the cross, death is an ever-present topic. But however it came into my head, maybe for the first time in my life, I imagined myself lying in a hospital bed, passing from this life to the next. And my gut feeling was fear. Of course, this is extremely awkward for a priest. We give our entire lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, a gospel centered on the Lord's resurrection from the dead. The very basic message and source of hope in Christianity is that Jesus has conquered death, and that sin and death no longer have power over us. And yet, my fear revealed to me that death did still have power over me, that I did not trust in the power and victory of Jesus. I consoled myself by saying that it is natural to fear death, that my fear did not mean that I lacked faith, just that I had more room to grow into that faith. Still, all things being equal, I had always imagined myself as the one who was at peace at the end of his life, as the one who desired nothing more than to be received into the loving arms of his Savior. But when I actually imagined myself in that position, I felt instead like one who still had doubts about what was waiting on the other side, the one who still had a distinct preference for this life over the next. As all this was rattling around in my head, it turns out that it was my friend Father Strazisich in Anacortes who helped me find a way forward. I wish I could say he did this through wise spiritual counsel, but he actually did it unknowingly by pushing me to go outdoors. Knowing that I do not like outdoor activities, he was insisting that I could not live in and I definitely could not leave Skagit County without exploring the wonders of Padilla Bay. It would be a waste and a shame, he said, if I did not engage that natural wonder during my time there. Well, again, don't enjoy going outside, so I hemmed and hawed and tried to squirm out of the topic until, in my desperation, I blurted out that I would have plenty of time to visit Padilla Bay in eternity. Bingo. Light bulb. The scales fell from my eyes. This might be a good time to remind ourselves that, as Christians, we believe in the resurrection of the body. 
We do not believe in a heaven that is fluffy clouds and disembodied spirits. The biblical language is that we look forward to a new heavens and a new earth, which means that when Jesus comes again, he will recreate the universe in perfection. Not just our bodies, but the entire physical realm, earth and all. It is on purpose that the book of Revelation does not show us being taken up to the heavenly city of Jerusalem, but instead shows Jerusalem being lowered down to earth. Heaven, so-called, is nothing more and nothing less than the world we live in, recreated in perfection. So, I have not yet visited Padilla Bay, and I told Father Strazicic that last night when I saw him, and he was still disappointed in me. But, I have every reason to believe that in eternity, I will have that opportunity, and the opportunity to visit every other natural wonder this earth has to offer, but without the discomforts of sunburns or mosquito bites or sleeping on the ground. And everything else I fear missing out on in this life. Every book I have not been able to read, every person I have been unable to get to know, every city I have been unable to visit. I will have the opportunity to delve deeply into every one of these things when I am welcomed into eternity. Of course, eternity does not make sense without Jesus. Who will be the source and focus of our life on the other side? But Jesus and my interests are not in competition. Experiencing the grandeur of creation and the profundity of human knowledge will be that much richer with Jesus walking or sitting next to me. And these experiences will only lead me closer to him for all eternity. Returning to my fear of death, I cannot say that it has disappeared entirely, but I am much more at peace with my mortality for two reasons. First, I no longer fear missing out. Whether I live to be 35 or 100, there will always be things that are left undone. Knowing that these things will be waiting for me in their perfection on the other side, allows me to approach that final day looking forward with anticipation rather than backwards with regret. Second, I now have something to long for. Like so many of us, I had fallen into the trap of believing that eternity would be boring. Because who wouldn't be bored by infinite time filled with clouds and harps? Being bored, by the way, is my greatest fear, so it is no surprise that I would fear that kind of heaven. But with the understanding that, in eternity, I will be able to walk everywhere with Jesus, learning more than I have ever learned and exploring more than I have ever explored, I now catch myself longing for this existence and awaiting its coming. This, again, is what Advent is all about. A longing for the coming of the Lord. 
We are still in the first half of Advent, where we pray earnestly and desperately for the second coming of Jesus. And yet, if you are anything like me, the second coming has not really held any appeal. Life is going just fine, thank you very much, and Jesus can wait just a little while longer. It is only when we connect the deepest desires of our hearts to the Lord, when we realize that only He can fulfill them, and that He will only fulfill them perfectly at the end of time, it is only then that we actually begin longing for His return. And what form might this longing take? What are the things we deeply desire? Two are suggested by our first reading from Isaiah. First, we hear about justice. We hear about a judge who will judge rightly, not by appearances or hearsay, but with true justice. A judge who will decide a right for the afflicted and the poor, those who have no power to defend themselves. How many of us have ever felt downtrodden or persecuted? How many of us have ever prayed for justice, prayed that the truth might prevail? How many of us have deeply desired that evil be conquered and good triumph? True justice will only ever come from God. True justice will only be given to us when Jesus returns on the last day. Come, Lord Jesus. Isaiah also speaks about peace. He speaks of wolves and leopards and lions and cobras, the great predators and threats of the ancient Middle East, resting peacefully with lambs and kids and calves and children. Today we might add to this list of predators cancer and heart disease and floods and fires, the great natural evils of the world. We live in a world that seems to be marked by disasters and violence and conflict. And yet, at the second coming of Jesus, all of these conflicts will vanish and creation will live in absolute harmony. How could we not long for such a time? How could we not ardently wish for Jesus to come again? Come, Lord Jesus. Of course, we cannot ignore the biblical language. The coming of the Lord was and will be a traumatic event. As John the Baptist says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. What is the chaff but all of the imperfections of the world? The injustices, the evils, the diseases, the disasters, and the conflicts. We long that all these things be taken away. But at the same time, we cannot forget that the dividing line between good and evil runs straight down the middle of our hearts. When the Lord comes, he will need to purify us, just as he purifies the rest of creation. 
and it will be traumatic. But truly, we long even for this. How wonderful, how beautiful to have sin removed from our lives, to be without conflict, to be perfectly open to the grace of God and perfectly in accord with his will. The second coming cannot come soon enough. Come, Lord Jesus. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the purpose of this life is to stir up within ourselves a longing and desire for Jesus. And Advent is the perfect time to develop this longing once again. Regardless of whatever manifestation it takes, be it adventure or justice or peace or holiness, the desires of our hearts will be fulfilled by the Lord. Partially now in this life, and perfectly on the last day. May that day come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus.